Wildfire Podcast is an extension of Wildfire Ministries, an organisation that has a focus of igniting men and women of God into a deeper discipleship with Christ, instilling them with a passion to radically and relentlessly pursue Christ wherever that leads, that God's truth will spread like a wildfire. Hey everyone, how's it going? So welcome to another podcast. I'm joined with Peter. Hi everyone. How's it going, Peter? It's going well, Look, although I'm slightly annoyed because we told everyone this that last week, which was Exodus, was going to be our first week where we used the video camera. Uh-huh. And we did use it for about 10 minutes until the battery ran, ran out. <laughs> and yeah, so you live and you learn. However, the camera is on, so we'll wave at you now. But apart from that, we're going to have a discussion facing each other because yeah. that's the whole point of the podcast itself. So, Peter, we're going to be talking about becoming unoffendable. The title of this here podcast is Did I Offend You? Okay, so do you think that we are easily offended? Oh, yeah. Yeah? I mean, have you heard this t- this term microaggressions that's been going around? <laughs> Actually, I haven't, no. No. It's been pushed mainly in America. Thankfully, it hasn't come here yet. But it's the idea that you can aggravate someone by something you say, which is fair enough. Like, people do get aggravated by things. But microaggressions are things that you do accidentally that offend people and you should still be held accountable for them. Okay. So you can offend people and not even mean to do it, and you're still responsible. Yeah. Uh huh. So I think people can get offended very easily just looking at that. Totally. And just the whole, the whole agree. cancel culture as well. So if something does offend enough people on Twitter, yes. the hashtags go crazy until yeah. that thing is eradicated from the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so the reality is it's the cost of freedom of speech yes. for people to say what they want in order for people to say what we want. We sort of, we don't, we should not restrict them, but rather we should work on ourselves and how we receive that and how we yeah. engage with that. Yeah. So we are going to be discussing this whole topic now in this podcast. We're going to uh, tell people how do they respond in a godly way towards conflict, problems, obstacles, and to to basically give people insight as to how you can approach it, how you can respond. Uh, this can be an emotionally infused issue, which is the problem. We are so quick to speak. We are so quick to assume the worst. We are so quick to do what is wrong, and we are so quick to go to the same level as the person who's actually starting the conflict. Yeah. So uh, we're going to break this down into sort of four themes. Uh, we're going to discuss how to become unoffendable. We're going to highlight four different ways people respond to conflict and place ourselves in that, which is going to be pretty fun. Uh, we're going to highlight a story from the Old Testament. Heck yeah. Second Chronicles 20. How Jehoshaphat, that's right, right? Yeah, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Dealt with a, a major problem. Uh, uh, it was a combatant one or a military one, but I think there's some good principles that we can extract from that. And then we are going to then highlight a few other observations and practical tools that can aid uh, people in this area of dealing with conflict, uh, all of which will be rooted in scripture. Yeah. Okay. So I asked you earlier, do you think we get easily offended? You said yes. Why do you think this? Well, first of all, I think even if you're not a person that gets offended easily or even struggles with conflict, I think it's something we still need to look at because... In every marriage will face conflict at some point. Every deep friendship will face conflict over a deep issue at some point. Even mm-hmm. your friendships with your workmates and around issues that like high stress situations at work, those kind of things. Everyone will face conflict at some point in their lives. Even with child, even with your children or um, anyone who's kind of been in that situation um, with siblings. Um, Look, I both have siblings, and <laughs> I'd say that's probably where the brunt of our conflicts come from. Um, 
But in terms of why we get offended, I think it's because we face our, place ourselves in the position of most high, highest importance. Essentially, like I, I'm the most important person in my life. So whatever offends me should offend everyone else. And yeah. whatever offends me, should that's how everyone else should operate as well. They shouldn't say anything that offends me because I'm the most important person. Um, which we're all guilty of. Um, we're all yeah. we're all guilty of pride in some some regard. Okay, so you're saying that conflict can be symptomatic of ego, self egoism. Oh yeah. Or this pride. Yes. Uh, that it's about me. It's about my sensitivities and how you should cater towards that. Yeah. When the reality of the gospel message is it's about the other person, mm-hmm. and it's about how we make them comfortable and how we should be sacks or self self sacrificial yeah. in our love towards them. Even I think Matthew chapter seven. Christ says to take the plank out of your own eye before you point out the speck in your brother's eye. Yes. So it's just about looking at yourself first before you look at yeah, others. Yeah, totally. Um, but also the first thing that happened after the fall in Genesis 3 was the, the conflict and the breakup of human relations between Adam and Eve. That was the first thing that went. Of course. So that's just a result of sin. Uh, and especially like some quick fixes that I've, some verses that I found especially were Proverbs 9, 19, 11, which says, um, good sense makes one slow to anger. And it's to his glory to overlook an offence. So just another example is just, look, you, you overlook things. If you can overlook it, then do it. Mm. Um, it's of no harm to you. Just put, put yourself in the lower position and overlook the offence. And then one more verse before we go into um, those four categories you talked about earlier is just Proverbs 27, 6, which says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, prefers to the wounds of a friend. So it's the idea of, um, sorry, I think that the second part of that verse is written that down wrong, but it's faithful are the wounds of a friend. Um, it's essentially the idea that Sometimes people say things that hurt you, but you need to try and extract the, uh, the good you can out of it. Maybe they're saying it for your own good. Mm-hmm. Um, so look, if, if, for example, if you were in sin, like came up to you, you might get offended if I told you you were in sin. But yeah. then you have to assume the best about the other person. They're doing it for your own good. Totally. Uh, so it's that idea of the, you're coming towards me. And that's what, something that we need to get better at, mm-hmm. as in assume the best in the other person and how they're approaching me. Yeah. And then uh, actually say, like Ephesians 4 says, about speaking truth and love is how we grow. Yeah. You're, I can then imagine if it, I could conclude that every brother and sister in Christ is coming to me towards love. So that's just a default. I don't have to. So whenever they're coming to rebuke me, I know that it's in love. So now I need to extract the truth of the statement yeah. or the truth of the thing that they're giving me mm-hmm. and not be so narcissistic and completely say, you know, your your point's not relevant here. Yeah. Uh, go away or respond in some uh, means of conflict or at least create a conflict. Uh, I would say that you talked about the fall. Within the fall, we, we became corrupt corrupt even the morality that is within us is made defective and becomes thwarted by our sinful nature mm-hmm. so romans 2 talks about the morality that god has placed in our heart and then i've got a few few verses uh, that talk about this so it says in proverbs twelve fifteen, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes uh proverbs 16 all the ways of a man are clean in his own sight and even if you read in judges i think it is that they did right in their own eyes. Yeah, that's judges. So it's that whole idea that we have this perception that what we do is right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's so construed or mixed up by our sin. And that's why we always have to have people who hold us accountable. Uh, you know what I mean? People who can give us direction. Um, so I think that's an important point to understand. The thwarted nature and sin has even made our own, uh, our own capabilities to perceive things. Uh, is just totally distorted so that's that's something that we have to to understand that we're looking through this and through broken glass and so we need yeah. to get other people's point of views views to see more clearly yeah. into the problem and uh first corinthians 15 romans 5 job 31 psalm 51 all the talk talk about our and our 
the inerrant sinful nature that is within us. And you can go read those passages for for yourself. They're <laughs> pretty transparent and revealing to who we are. Uh, Romans 3 is another passage, Peter. Yeah, I'll, I'll read that for sure. Um, so Romans 3 says, There is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to the shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Yeah. So if you actually read the, the context of the passage and, and what Paul is saying, there's an applicability there that is to us all, uh, to the Jew and to the Gentile alike. Uh, and it's just talking about our sinful nature and how there, especially in, in that uh, uh, topic or that context that Paul's saying is, is that just nobody that he could see was doing good. Uh, everything was being distorted. Uh, Isaiah 64 says that all of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Um, so Romans 7 also says, For I know that good in itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So it's that, that inner morality is there, it's present, it's defective, but I don't even have the power myself to accomplish it. And it also then goes on to say, For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. And now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So again, there's that that highlighting of the sinful nature, that broken glass that we're looking through, which I think is something that we need to understand that <laughs> whenever you're dealing with conflicts and problems, uh, you are a part of that. Yeah, It's about having that, again, that humility to recognise, uh, is there something I'm doing within this yeah. that needs to be addressed? Uh, and I've heard it said as well before that even if you only have, if you're only at 2% at fault of the conflict, own your 2%, 100% of the way. So apologise oh, yeah. fully, take, take uh, responsibility. That's nice. I like that point. Yeah. But the sin doesn't end there, of course, because we've got salvation. Second Corinthians 5 talks about how we're new creatures. First Corinthians 6 talks about how we're holy temples for the Holy Spirit to reside within us. First John 3 talks about uh, that we are children of God. Look at the love that he's lavished on us, okay? Yeah. Um, so the reality is that, yes, we were sinners, but now we are saved by grace with salvation, Okay, and we've got the Spirit of God residing within us, and we can operate within that. We can have clarity within that, and we can respond to conflicts in a godly way because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross continually in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think like there's just so many scriptures there to say how much we feel. Yes, it's just it's impossible to really improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also uh, Galatians five seventeen says, "Yet we still feel in sin." Um, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want so yeah exactly so we we are sinful nature then we have salvation but yet we still sin we still feel and this is self-evident in conflicts especially Mm -hmm. and it's that whole idea well that's because the spirit is against the flesh the flesh against the spirit there's this conflict and you yourself must make the decision to respond and walk in the spirit especially with regards to conflicts. So again, it's that idea of just extracting yourself from the situation mm-hmm. uh, in order to uh, highlight conflicts and resolve and respond to them in a godly way. Yeah. Okay, so whenever something happens or someone says something, you should not be dictated uh, by this because you're not 
you're not under the flesh anymore. You have the spirit of God uh, residing within us. And it's important that we deny ourselves. And this is difficult enough. However, it's most difficult when it is instinctive. So you know the idea of everything in the flesh, that there's nothing good comes out of the flesh. Mm-hmm. Well, so often or not, conflicts, conflict scenarios put us in a position where we're instinctively responding instinctively in the flesh especially so it's like if you say something to me i just (laughs) i'm not able to control myself it's just oh you're you know what i mean Mm -hmm. you might go aggressive you might slag the other person off you might level with that person in the conflict yeah so it's that idea of yes it's the sinful nature but what you need to do is remember that you're walking in the spirit and in conflict scenarios that's very difficult to do it's about giving yourself a bit of breathing room here as to mm. what is the correct approach, how am I going to respond? So people like myself seem to think that there's always one option, one mm. response, and that's to speak, but there is two. Uh, Ecclesiastes 3.7 says, a time to speak and a time to be silent, which is very important, especially in conflict scenarios. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you've got nothing of any substance or of any value or anything that's going to neutralize the current situation that you're in, then you're most... <laughs> Yeah, you're better remaining silent. Yeah, because you can just add to the conflict. Things just get worse and worse if you if you don't take time to think about your words. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the idea as well that since we are in a narcissistic state and we think ourselves highest, we, we don't want to leave them with the last word. It's always like those arguments you see in TV where someone says something and then just the person's leaving, they mutter something under their breath <laughs> just so they can, in their own minds, be yeah. the winner of the argument. They don't even win the argument, but they just want to be the winner in their own minds. Yeah. So it's just that idea you don't have to say something if you don't want, if, you, if it's not mm-hmm. beneficial. Yeah, t- totally. And then there's Proverbs, uh, Proverbs 17. Uh, this was coined, I'm pretty sure, or renovated by Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. Uh, it is better for people to think you're a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Mm-hmm. That's Abraham Lincoln's version, isn't it? Yes, yeah. 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 Uh, but that's totally based off the proverb that's given in Proverbs 17. So if you decide to speak, how should you uh, respond, Peter? Well, I think it's important to extract yourself from your emotions which is hard to do for a lot of people because we are emotional beings yeah but just respond in a way that is has you've considered don't just say something off the top of your head mm-hmm. take the time think about it um even if it's a really if it's something that's really offended you but you know what you know it shouldn't mm-hmm. it's something silly then and, and you and even if you do say something it's gonna be stupid then don't say anything at all just take the time and think about it um but if you're going to say something Try and make it in a way that. Try and make it in a way that <laughs> I'm trying to say this diplomatically as well. Uh-huh. Um, try and say it in a way that you're just not going to offend them back. Say it in a way that's going to actually mend the situation, so yeah. you're learning what maybe why they said that thing. Yeah. So you can get the reasons behind it. Maybe they have genuine reasons, like we said earlier. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Uh huh. So yeah, totally, and just you know, operate within the fruits of the spirit. Uh, let your words be seasoned with salt. Uh, look at the life of Jesus and how he dealt with things. Uh, James says that uh, that your tongue, it, it is a world of fire, a world of evil. Again, recognize the problem yeah. and the threat of your tongue uh, and recognize that that's something that needs tamed because so often or not, we, do, we don't think that. Oh, just We're just so flippant in our, our speech and yeah. our conversation. And this is where it requires discipline elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You, Whenever you're uh, limiting yourself and exhibiting self-control in other conversations, this will help you whenever you deal with conflicts because you've trained yourself to not just be so flippant in your speech or to speak. Yeah. Um, Something that I, I do wrong quite a lot, quite often is I, I do, in hindsight, look back and say, okay, I could have said that better. That wasn't the best way to put that. Mm-hmm. But again, because of my own pride and arrogance, I don't want to go and apologize for it. 
Yeah. Because I just think uh, they'll think less of me or um, that's just a weak thing to do. Yeah. I need to just sh- like shut up about it. Because in truth, they probably have forgotten about it. But yeah. it shows authenticity to go up and say, okay, I said this yesterday. Yeah. I'm sorry for putting it this way. I could have worded that better. Uh, yeah. And that's difficult. But mm. you know what I mean? People are listening to that. You, the, the difficult part's not hearing what we're saying. It's about applying it. Yeah. So apply it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so whenever you're faced with antagonist, uh, an antagonistic circumstance, two options, speak, but do so as we, <laughs> with those verses, season salt and thinking about the other person or be silent. Mm-hmm. Take a, take a step back, exhibit self-control, don't operate within the flesh. Okay. So that's sort of point number one we're trying to highlight. Weenie. What am I, what do I mean by that, Peter? <laughs> uh, shout out to the porch for this. So Weenie is an acronym and it sort of highlights like the four different responses you can take in conflicts. Mm-hmm. So um, W is to withhold from the conflict. A is to escalate. N is to approach it with a negative lens or I is to invalidate. So uh, whenever you get into a conflict, you withhold as in, I don't approach this, I'm leaving, you you flee, <laughs> run away, get as far away as the conflict uh, as possible. A is escalate, that is to, there's a problem, like this, resolve this and do it now. Yeah. Uh, N is to approach it with a negative lens, you come, there's a problem, you come up with me with like chastisement or rebuke or something, it's like, oh, you know what, you're a horrible person, do you know what I mean? You're just, just, Go away. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I is to invalidate. That is to just invalidate the other person's feelings. Like if I'm offended and I come approached you and I'm penalty and said that sort of antagonized me a wee bit there and you say, oh, just shut up. You know what I mean? Toughen up. Yeah. There's a time and place for that, to be honest with you. Yeah, there is. There, there is. <laughs> uh, but uh, you can't be invalidating about it, about mm-hmm. the other person. You have to have empathy. So uh, what are you, Peter? probably a combination of the last three <laughs> to be honest you escalate I <laughs> you ask... approach it with a negative lens and you also invalidate no, the other it. person I'd be the type of person to say so you... man, man up <laughs> so this resolves this you're wrong uh, deal with it mm. and uh, uh, don't approach me with anything it's yeah. like all three yeah. on the go probably more I'm I, overall I'd say I'm an escalator yes I, I like getting things dealt with even if it's not dealt very very well yeah. I think I just want to get out of the way and totally dealt with I'm the same yeah escalator That's... and then we watch a funny sermon where whenever you especially we're going to highlight this uh, later but predicaments arise and um, where you've two people who respond differently so one withholds one escalates <laughs> so a person who withholds says I don't want to deal with the conflict mm-hmm. and they go away and then like the other person could be like a spouse or in a relationship a friend say come back here <laughs> get back here <laughs> I want to resolve this now yeah. um, so the reality is there's four there um, we shouldn't invalidate what people say mm-hmm. we should treat with uh, empathy and love and respect and we shouldn't take things with a negative lens that's the whole point don't take things so personally <laughs> yeah. I know that's easier said than done but if you actually were to exercise that in your life it would truly benefit your life mm-hmm. and the lives of others it's also though important to know which style you are because everyone will naturally have a style so it helps yeah, totally. everyone if you're able to say okay just yes like Luke and I both know our different styles so it's yeah. it's easy to so whenever we do have a conflict we know how, which way how we're going to respond so we can yeah. anticipate how we deal with it uh-huh. uh, escalate uh, when I reside in it's, it's good because it, the person has the motive to get this resolved Yeah. however you don't want to become Aggressive. oppressive and aggressive yeah. and then that creates a conflict in and of itself and then withhold is and you know what I mean if you keep on fleeing your problems then you won't be able to address it or resolve them they just build up so the reality is but you can you know what I mean there is times where you need to withhold and be silent that's mm-hmm. true and there is a time where you need to resolve that conflict um, so you know what I mean it's just about recognising where you are in this reflect and uh, how can you improve 
so the third thing that we want to highlight is Second Chronicles 20, which is a really interesting story about Jehoshaphat. Uh, he was basically faced with uh, uh, three different armies were coming at him. Uh, and he was the minority army obviously and this was a serious problem and he went to God with it and I think whenever you read the passage there's certain things you can highlight and I actually think if you were to do what Jehoshaphat did it would actually truly help you with your conflict so uh, Jehoshaphat said we do not have the power to face this vast army he recognized his own inability Mm -hmm. the flesh that's what we need to do recognize how we can't deal with things Uh, we don't know what to do but our eyes are on you look to Jesus look to the spirit that resides within you uh, he set himself to seek the Lord pray take a breath what's the most godly approach the battle belongs to the Lord and no one else see the shift so he went from the earthly lens which was himself and then now he's a heavenly lens this belongs to God every conversation every conflict this belongs to God and uh, our God is bigger than any problem so if you have that perspective it truly helps and then he uh, stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will give and then Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing praises to the Lord. Uh, so remember that uh, on your part, you need to try and resolve the conflict as best you can. And that's all you can do. It's then up to the other person uh, how they're going to approach it. So you come with humility and say, this resolve this. And if they don't want to, give them the space and the time, no matter how long that takes. Mm-hmm. And also appointed men to sing praises to the Lord. Give God the glory for conflict yeah resolution give god the glory for everything that you do for your breath for the things you eat and drink and for the friendships that you have and for god maintaining and preserving that and so uh, that was just a little story you can read that and uh, extract those principles but that should be a nice foundation yeah so peter is there any other practical principles principles you'd like to to say yeah i think a good way to like think about problems is just the problem you're facing today is an opportunity for god to do for you or through you, what you cannot do for yourself. It's like that idea with Jehoshaphat. Um, problems are just opportunities when you treat them as such. Or uh, uh, a problem not anticipated is a problem, but a problem anticipated is an opportunity. Mm. So if you don't, if you don't expect conflict when it comes, you will respond in an emotional way, and then yeah. go into one of those four styles and in the worst possible way. Yeah. But if you always anticipate you're going to have a conflict, which, like we said, it's probably inevitable at some point. Yeah. Because no one's perfect. Um, totally then you need then that's the opportunity to show grace and the fruits of the spirit in the way you respond to that person in the way you resolve that yeah conflict totally like we do need to differentiate between problems and predicaments predicaments are things that we treat as problems but aren't and that that creates conflicts for example if you have a if you have a certain style of thinking especially in like marriages okay if this person likes to stay up late and you're and you don't (laughs) and you like to get up early Mm -hmm. the reality is you just use are both different there that's a predicament okay and if they try and then uh, say that this is something that needs resolved you need to change you need to change okay they treat it as a problem that needs resolved okay when it, it's not it's not a resolvable it's a predicament it's yeah. just the way you are okay so if you yeah if you yeah. treat it like a predicament mm-hmm. then it's it's or if you treat it like a problem it's not it's a predicament something that you can't resolve and so if you treat it like a problem you're going to kind of keep resolving and you'll end up like you can't and that'll create more conflicts so it's about actually recognizing is this a problem or is this a predicament yeah so a predicament look and i find ourselves in is look wants me to take him bodyboarding but the predicament is i know he's not a very good bodyboarder so the problem will be if i take him bodyboarding and he sucks which he will <laughs> it'll be hard to get a coach him in that way so the predicament and the way solution i find is to just keep him away from the water as much as possible so he doesn't get in any water that wow accurate? that's good yeah. thank you for that no i will say this about look he is he is probably in 
out of everyone I know, the person who is slagged off the most, roasted. <laughs> oh, look, he's, he's very easy to roast. And yeah. Anyone ever seen Flushed Away? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he even does it to himself. No, I wasn't even going to bring up the Flushed Away thing. Flushed Away. There's an animated movie called Flushed Away with an animated mouse, and people say I look like that. Even my Libra's Assembly, there was a video. I It felt like an R. Uh, it was just my image and the Flushed Away image. <laughs> it was there forever, so... Yeah, but look, look, never takes it personally. He's an example of a person who just doesn't respond emotionally, just takes it, and he just slags you back as well occasionally. Um, I think he could probably do it more often if he wanted to. He would, he would get away with it, <laughs> but uh, that's just an example of a way you can just like you just take these these principles and apply them. Like looks done, and you, you don't need to get offended by every single little microaggression. Totally, totally. So I were gonna uh, first of all, don't forget. Don't flee, don't fight, face your conflicts. And then we're going to end a nice little uh, metaphor. So basically there's this idea of a sculpting metaphor. So you have this big block of ice and then someone's going to try and sculpt a beautiful masterpiece. The rookie comes along with a hammer and in one blow he tries to hit it and tries to create this beautiful masterpiece in one blow. You get me? But the reality is you can't do that. Then there's the master sculptor. He comes along and he just has a small little hammer and he just little bits one at a time in order to get that masterpiece. And the reality is, we are so often like the rookies there, where we uh, just do not have any determination towards conflicts. We try and think that they we can just put a stick of plaster on it, resolve it, you know, let's go, let's go uh, straight away. But you know what I mean? The master sculptor recognises that it's going to take time, it's going to take diligence, it's going to take patience. And in conflicts, we need patience, we need diligence, we need determination, because we're dealing with broken, sinful people. But if we recognise that, come with humility and love, then conflicts uh, will not be so prevalent. And also, uh, we, we, we won't have those types of uh, of being offended, mm-hmm. really. So again, uh, did I offend you in that podcast, Peter? No. I actually would have liked that. That was funny. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything at the start. That was going to be the intro. Couldn't think of anything. But uh, that's it for this podcast, guys. And we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, on the camera and those listening and we shall see you next time.